Last week we considered the verses in Isaiah chapter 9 where we are told, For unto us, unto us, not unto the world, unto us, unto God's chosen people, unto all those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We looked at this child who was born being God Almighty in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, is what we read in Matthew chapter 2. We looked at the fact that this son was the only begotten son of God Almighty, and because of that, because he was born of the seed of the Spirit, not of the seed of Adam, we saw that the blood of this child that was given on the cross at the age of about 33 years old was the perfect blood of God. It had to be perfect to pay the sins of God's people. Us. Unto us. Unto us. Not unto all, but unto us. You don't need to turn there, but allow me, if you would, to read three verses for you. One from Psalms 40, verse 5. We read this. It says, Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and, they, and thy thoughts, which are to Usward. Did you catch that? Usward. It's not unto the world. It's not unto all mankind. It's unto usward. And I'm going to be making a point about this. It goes on to say, they cannot be reckoned up. Speaking of the thoughts that are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, writes the psalmist, they are more than can be numbered. God thinks of us. The creator of everything that is thinks of us. His thoughts about us are so much they can never be recorded. In Ephesians 1.19 we read these words, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power, speaking of God, to usward, again unto us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, we read it this way. The Lord is not slack. He's not slack concerning His promises, as some men might count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Usward. He's long-suffering. Aren't you glad the Lord is long-suffering to you? I'm thankful for that to me. I may have, I may have been praying hard, Lord, you know, this, this water is about ready to come into the house. If you could just give me a little reprieve. And you know what He did? He really did. Immediately. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Within just a couple minutes, it dropped an inch. And it just, I just said, oh, there you go. Not only did the Lord answer my prayer, He drew me to asking for His prayer. He's not slack. He's not slack in His promises. He says to you and I, I will always be with you. God, help us to keep that before us at all times. I'm weak in that. I'm forgetful of that. I can tell you from experience of watching Kathy, that was pretty stressful, folks. That water came up so fast, it scared her to death. She was pretty stressed. She cried a few times about it. I had to go put my arm around her, and it's going to be all right. We'll be all right. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. We'll be okay. We're all so weak, aren't we, in our faith. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that he's not slackful Amen. to usward? Not willing, it says after that, that any should perish, 
but that all, all of His elect, all that the Father giveth Him, should come to repentance. I had a conversation last week about a group of religious people. A religious group that Mike is very familiar with. And I share that with you because <clears throat> I've never been to one of their religious meetings. So what I know of them, to be honest with you, I've learned from Mike. And Mike was pretty steeped in Seventh-day Adventist. And this is what we were talking about, this religious people. And they don't believe in election. They believe in something that's kind of aligned that lines, but they don't believe in sovereign election. That means God chose a people for himself. They still believe that there's a certain amount of righteousness you can earn by going out and doing good works. They still believe that you, if you worship on Saturday, you're worshiping on the right day, and, you can, and, and that's proof that you're saved. They still believe in those kinds of things. Because possibly, or, or let me see, let me see. I had this conversation about the group of religious people who don't believe in election, possibly because they had not been taught. This is what the person was telling. It, it's possible, John, that these folks are Christians. They just haven't learned about election yet. The guys teaching up there at that church, they just they don't they can't teach about election. They don't know about it. But they could be Christians still. They might still be Christians. I say to this, to that, yes, you're right, they might. But they're not going to learn anything about God the Almighty in that church not being taught about election. Election is taught from every page in this Bible. God chose a people unto himself before the world was. That's what we read in Ephesians chapter 1. They were predestinated unto him. Maybe their teacher, she said, doesn't know about election. God has not taught them of this vital doctrine, is what I was told. And just because they don't know doesn't make them reprobate. I say, that's true. I never called them a reprobate. I just called their religion false. I call their doctrine a lie. And I'll tell you this right now, just like I said it last week. God Almighty he who is truth does not save his people under the preaching of lies. He will call them out of that doctrine. He will call them out of that religion and bring them to the truth of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, through his word. You say, well, you sure about that, John? If you belong to God, he will not leave you in a false religion. religion. Look over at Romans chapter 10. Very familiar verses for you, but we're going to look at it, and I want you to read along with me on it. Romans chapter 10. Look at verse 13 with me, if you would. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, we read, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you know you can't call upon the name of the Lord without the Spirit doing a work in your heart? Scripture is very clear about that. Without the Spirit of God in you, you can't call the Lord, Lord. Oh, there's a lot of people who use the word Lord when they talk about their Jesus, but He's not Lord to them. They make themselves out to be Lords when they say, My will is above God's. Verse 14, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? 
And how shall they believe? How are you going to believe in the true and living God if you're hearing about some God, some, some God of your own imagination who has no power to do anything? How are, you going to, how are you going to believe in one that you've not heard about? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard, is what it says. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, as it says in verse 16. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Who is it that believes our report? Lord, I've been preaching your word, the sovereign grace of Jesus Christ my Lord, and there's nobody listening to me. Who had believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, verse 17, and hearing the word of God, the word of truth. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went throughout all, into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I, found, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hand unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Now let's go on into verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Paul writes, he says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. Now listen, we're talking about election. Paul then goes, For I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye know, what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. What saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself. See, See, Isaiah had, or Elias, Elias he, had, he had no idea. He thought he was all alone. He had no idea there were more, but look what our Lord tells him here. He says, I have reserved unto myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal into the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Now look with me over your wood at, at the bulletin. You have our bulletin today. Look at the verses on the front of the bulletin here. The Lord had sent out... No, I'm sorry. This is, that's a different one. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? The Lord had began teaching in parables. Why are you talking to these folks in parables? And he answered and he said unto them... Now listen to the Lord's answer to his, to his disciples. Because it is given unto you that's the title of my message today. We're talking about the privilege that you and I have to come here to this little place that God has provided for us. To those of you who are joining with us on your computers, what a blessing that God has given us electronic devices that we can communicate to each other at such a far distance. I can't imagine what it would be like for Cheryl or Shirley or any of these other ones online who have no gospel preacher anywhere near them what would it be like to sit there in their house and listen to our recordings all day? It would be better than nothing. But here, God has given us the ability to reach out to these folks and spend time talking with them. 
fellowshipping with them. We were, we were designed to fellowship, folks. I know we've all heard of hermits. Those are far and few between. Most of us have to have somebody to talk to, don't we? We're designed for that. What a blessing the Lord has given us. Because of our Lord's grace, because of His love for people, because of His love for us, those of us, unto us, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Given unto you. Given unto me. Given unto all of his children when they hear the gospel preached. But then it says this. Look what it says right there at the end. But to them it is not given. Oh, I love to tell you about how blessed we are, folks. Why are we blessed? Because it could be us right there at the end of that verse. It could be you. In fact, we were just like that. But to them, it is not given. The truths of God's Word must be revealed by God. Natural man cannot perceive His truths. They cannot see the truths of God, for the truths of God are enmity with the natural man. That's what the Scripture says. It's enmity. Enmity against God. The Apostle Paul declares there are people zealous for God going about establishing their own righteousness. Look over, look over at the same chapter of Romans chapter 10. This time look at verses 1 through 4. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, for I bear them record that they have a zeal, a devotion. You talk about religious people? The Jewish people are very religious. They are religiously wrong, but they're very religious. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, those who have no knowledge, who have not had the revelation of God's word given to them, for those who have not had a new heart that can understand the truths of God's word, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about now this is the two religions in all the world folks right here this is it you have God's righteousness and you have man's righteousness and anything you try to do is trying to establish your own righteousness God's people rest in Christ and in Christ alone he is our righteousness our only righteousness don't look at the flesh here standing before you for any righteousness Look to my Savior. He's perfect and He's for me. And if He's your Savior, you're just as perfect as He is. Going about to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Not all who claim the title of Israel are Israel. Some are imposters. Some have crept into God's church the gathering, that's what the church word church means. It means the gathering, the congregation, God's people coming together. They, they crept into the gathering of God's people and they were ordained of old to do so, as we read in the book of Jude, verse 4. They were ordained, ordained of old by God Himself. He allowed them, He allows them to sneak into the church. He allows them to come in and corrupt His word. And that's what the church of today has done. And have done ever since the day the Lord Jesus walked this earth. They have corrupted His Word by saying, You must do this. 
God's done all He can. He's not powerful enough to do the rest. You have to do it for Him. That angers me because that is not the God of this Bible. Our Lord walked by the seashore and He said, Come, follow me. You think those men were idiots? They were very smart men. They knew their profession well. And they got up immediately and left it because the power of God spoke to their hearts just as He spoke to each and every one of ours. Ask her, Where are you going today, hon? Where are you going? I'm going to church. Why? I don't know. I mean, isn't that what I said to you? I don't know. The power of God was calling us to His church to hear His word. He does the same thing today. It's no different than when He first called us. He's calling us today. Come, hear my word preached. Rest in me, He says to us. Your peace is in me, He says to us. And He says that through the preaching of His word. Oh, how I have learned more and more and more about that as the Lord has given me opportunity and, and inspired me to study more and more in His Word. Rest in Him. If I'm learning anything more, it's this, that everything I do just messes things up. Folks, there are some in the world, and this may be hard for you to hear, you may have some very, very close relatives, friends, who are going to a church that depends on you to do something for your salvation. I don't know if my mom knew the Lord. Does that shock you? My mom talked about things that, oh, she claimed to be a Calvinist and believe in the five points of Calvinism. You can believe in the five points of Calvinism and not be saved, folks. Calvinism doesn't save you. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is our Lord. Believe in Him. But I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, every point of those five points of Calvinism are true. The doctrines of total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, and irresistible calling, perseverance of the saints will not save you. Christ Jesus our Lord, the Son of the living God, is the only salvation, but you cannot teach. You cannot teach Christ and Him crucified without teaching those very truths. Let me prove it to you. Why did Christ need to be crucified? Because you're so depraved, you can't do anything for your salvation. You're so depraved that you're dead in trespasses and sin, you can't do anything perfect. And salvation must be provided perfectly. The law must be met perfectly. And our God has met that perfectly for us. Unconditional election. God chose us from before the world was. Before anything was ever created, our names were written in the book of life. We were chosen in Christ. The covenant between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was, I'll give you a people, you save them, and the Spirit will call them out of the, dead, out of the dark, darkness. Limited atonement. You cannot preach of Christ and Him crucified if you preach that Christ went to the cross and died for everybody. And then people go to hell. That means your Christ is worthless. The Christ of Scripture accomplished everything 
he purposed. And dying on the cross, he went there for the purpose, and that purpose was to save his people. We are saved perfectly in him. Irresistible calling. Those of us who have been called by God know for a fact. Know for a fact. We know for a fact we would have never come to God if he hadn't called us. You know it. If you belong to him, you know it. You can't preach Christ and him crucified if you don't preach the irresistible calling. And perseverance of the saints, you can't preach Christ and him crucified if you think that God died for everybody and some go to hell. If you think that God would lose anything, then your God is weak and worthy of nothing. You cannot preach Christ and Him crucified without teaching those truths. These truths are revealed unto you. What an honor. What a privilege. What a privilege it is that we have that God would call us out of darkness and give us the, the light of His Son in our heart. Look over with you, would, if you would, at Luke chapter 10. We're going to turn to uh, four different sections of Scripture here real quick, like so. Uh, if you would, turn over to Luke chapter 10 and read a couple of verses for with me, if you would, beginning at verse 18. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now, the Lord had sent 70 men out to go preach the gospel. And they had left the Lord. He had gone about his way teaching and stuff. And they had gone out into Jerusalem and began to teach and preach that Jesus Christ and him crucified... And he gave them power. Look at verse 19. He says, I Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he's given them power to cast out devils, to do whatever is needed to be done to prove that they were sent of God. Do you know he's given you that power? Polly Mary, did you know you had that much power? You do. Every time... Every time you turn away from some tempting sin that crosses your mind, you are tossing out a devil. You are tossing out a demon that is working within yourself. God has given you the power to do that. If you quit smoking, let's say you smoke, and you quit smoking. I quit smoking. Did you see that? I quit smoking by the power of God. By In the name of Jesus... In the name of Jesus, I don't drink anymore. In the name of Jesus, I don't get mad at people anymore. That's tossing out demons. God's given us the power to turn away from our sins, and that's the same as tossing out demons in our own life. Does that mean we're going to do it real good? No, that's not what I said. Are we going to do it as well as the Lord Jesus Christ did it? No, that's not what I said either. God has given us that very same power to turn away from our sins. Go on with me if you would. Look at verse 20. Notwithstanding. I've given you that power, he says, but notwithstanding, notwithstanding, not, not counting that in this, he says, in doing those things, rejoice not. Since I met Jesus, I've started doing this. Rejoice not, he says to you. Then he goes on and says, That the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. 
There's what we rejoice in. I know people who love to tell you all about the sins that they've conquered. The devils that they put away in their life. The changes of their life that they put, a, put out. Our Lord says, don't rejoice in that. But rejoice in your Savior, the one who wrote your name in the book in heaven. The one who put your name on his breastplate right next to his heart. Rejoice in him that your name is written in heaven. Verse 21, and in that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and he said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has what? Has put it out there so that you could learn it? Has put it out there so that you can study on it and figure it out on your own? No, it says, thou hast revealed. Do you know when he was on the road with the two men to Emmaus, he had to reveal his scripture to them. He had to open his scriptures up to their understanding. He went, And you know what it was he opened up in the scriptures? All the things pertaining to himself. That's the preaching of the gospel. That's what we do every time we come together. We open up God's Word and we expound on His Word pertaining to the things of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and has revealed them unto babes, it says, Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he whom the Son will reveal. And he turned to his disciples. Now, did you catch that? Look at the next word. And he said privately. He said privately. He said privately. Blessed are your eyes. I wanted to preach a message this morning on the privilege that we have. I hope God's word. I hope it's reaching out and grabbing a hold of you. And shining how privileged we are to know God. Because there's a whole lot of people out here just like us, sinners, who have no idea who they are and are going to go through that door, mark death, and go to hell. Blessed are your eyes which see these things that ye see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Now look over to chapter 11, just one page to the right. Over in Luke chapter 11, we read in verse 27, And it came to pass, as he spake these three things, a certain woman of a company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb. This is talking about Mary. Blessed is the womb that bare thee in the path that thou hast sucked. And the Lord stopped right there. He says, Now wait a minute. But he said in verse 28, Yea, yea, rather than that, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Woo! There we go. See how privileged we are? See how blessed we truly are? Folks, all that stuff over there in that other building is just stuff. It's just stuff. We have Christ. That's everything. <laughs> Who cares about all 
that other stuff? Is it, is it, is it uncomfortable? Have you thought recently about how uncomfortable it would be if we lost all power, electricity, and everything? Now I know, Cody, you and your mom know a little bit how to do that. <laughs> We're coming up to live with you guys if that happens, by the way. Everything, lose power, and all of a sudden you got nothing. Worst thing for me was I wouldn't be able to get up and take a hot shower in the morning. I gotta take a hot shower. I love hot showers. I'll stand in a hot shower for hours. You know, warm food, that's kind of cool too. You know, a little bit of water that's not contaminated, that's all right, you know. Hot shower though. And pie. Gotta have pie. Blessed are your ears, are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Turn over to the book of John. Go to the right, if you would, just two pages of John chapter 20. Look with me at a couple verses there. We won't be much longer, folks. I'm on page three, and I've only got three and a half pages. So, over in John chapter 20, look with me, if you would, at verse beginning at verse 24. We just looked at this just recently, but I wanted you to see the wonders, the privilege, the honor that you and I have looking to God in faith, believing because he has said so. Believing because he has given you and I the gift to believe. Thomas, verse 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve God called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Now Jesus had, had just revealed himself, he had risen from the dead, the tomb was empty, and Thomas was not with the other disciples, as it says there. Then verse 25 says, the other disciples therefore said unto him. They had gone back and now Christ had gone to reveal himself to some others and Thomas come wandering along. Woo! What's going on guys? What you all so happy for? Buddy, I'm telling you, the Lord has risen. The other disciples therefore said unto him, unto Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he, Thomas, said unto them, oh yeah, right. Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the nails and thrust my hand into the side, I'm not going to believe. Remember what I talked about? That could be you and I. That could be just, that could be exactly John Reeves could be right there doing the same thing. If it wasn't for God's loving hand, I would be right there doing that same thing. Saying, I'm not going to believe. Verse 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them this time. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and he said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, now he knew the other ones had seen him. He's going to prove himself to Thomas now. He's going to, he's going to reveal himself to Thomas. Reach hither thy finger and behold mine hands. And reach hither thine hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless. Be not unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord my God. Now look what Jesus responds to him. He says in verse 29, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Are you and I privileged? Do we have an honor? Are we honored by God to be able to come out of the world and come here and worship Him in truth and in spirit? Oh, I don't know about you, but I sure am. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Look, let's look at one more if you would turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2 we begin at verse 1. Therefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, 
as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up with a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone of the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed. But ye, ye, us, us were, those of us who God has honored with his love, those of us who have the privilege of knowing the true and living God and his truth, those of us who have been given the honor to come together and worship him in spirit and in truth, or a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of dark. Did you notice who our praises are for? Isn't that what we read back there in Luke? Isn't that what we read? Don't be all rejoicing in whatever devil you're throwing out. Rejoice that your name is in heaven, giving the praise to our Savior Jesus Christ. That we should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I opened you with you sharing my conversation. That conversation that I had closed with this statement. My friend told me, if I go to hell, it's my fault. If I go to heaven, it's God's fault. That's what God's people do right there. That's what we do. Folks. We who have been called with a holy calling are warned over and over, beware, not just of false teachings, not just of false prophets, but of ourselves as well. We are told over and over again that our old nature battles with our new. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, we read these words, Examine yourself. Examine yourself whether ye be in the faith. The very faith that we just read about a moment ago back in Luke, or back in John. Those who have faith in Christ. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you. Take no confidence in what you do, what you feel. Repent from your repentance. Turn to Christ and turn to Him alone. Our rest is in Him, and it is in Him alone. He is either our all in all, or he is not God at all. Now I want you to go back and look one more time with Luke chapter 10 with me, if you would. Back to Luke chapter 10. In verse 19, behold, he says, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this, in those gifts that God has given us to, to tread on serpents, and scorpions in the in the fact that he has given us power over the enemy the power 
to turn away from self and to turn to him and nothing shall by any means hurt us notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven what an honor what an honor that we have this is what it is to glorify our Lord and Savior folks giving him credit giving him the glory giving him the glory for all of our salvation. I know that I would not come to Him and because He knew that, He came to me. He came to each and every one of us. When we were running from Him, shaking our fist at Him, saying, I will not have the Sovereign Lord rule over me. And then He shows us that He already does, whether we want Him or not. I am God, He says, there is none other. We give Him the credit for any works that we do. We give Him the credit for any good thoughts that we might have. The honor that I have to come here out of the world and worship Him is because of Him. Because of Him. I give Him the glory. Rejoice not in the good works God has given unto you, but rejoice in Him. Rejoice in His works and teach those that you have been given to teach His grace. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen.